it's Brandi Taylor. Welcome to the Business Beauty Network Podcast, where business meets beauty. It's not just lipstick, it's business. We will share thought-provoking conversations with business and beauty professionals. Our goal is to empower, motivate, and inspire you to take your business to the next level. Hey, welcome to the podcast. I am super excited to share today's interview with you. I had a pleasure in interviewing Angie D. Batista. Angie is a professional makeup artist. Um, she's from Toronto, Canada, and she works on a variety of clients and projects and beauty campaigns and commercials and etc. She also does weddings and red carpet events and all of those things. She's a full-time makeup artist, and I really enjoy talking with her about what it takes to be a real professional makeup artist. And the reason why I say a real professional makeup artist is, is because you see on YouTube and Instagram, Facebook, all the social media, there's a lot of people who say they're makeup artists or say they're beauty professionals or who um, want to be in this industry. But Angie is really working in every day. She understands every aspect of, of the job. And she also has a YouTube channel that she really dedicates to teaching and educating makeup artists on the proper way to build your kit in a sanitized and realistic ways to make your job easier. And this is great information from someone who's doing it on a regular basis. I think you're really going to enjoy the conversation. Um, Me and Angie just really had a great chat about her business and about all the different things that she's doing within the industry. I think you're really going to enjoy this interview. I left all of Angie's um, information in the show notes, so make sure you follow her on YouTube, check out her awesome website, follow her on Instagram as well. And I really hope you enjoyed the interview. And here it goes. Hey, welcome to the podcast. It's your host, Brandy Taylor, and we have an awesome guest today, Angie D. Batista. <laughs> Hi, thanks for having me, Brandy. Thanks for being on the podcast. So, Angie, before we get started learning all about you, the first thing I like to ask my guests is to tell us something about yourself that most people would not know. Oh, no, this is such a. <laughs> I'm never prepared for these. Oh, gosh. Um... This is a tough one. Something that, okay. I actually uh, I love scary movies, and I've been watching scary movies since I was a little little kid. And I think part of why I ended up getting interested in movies is from that genre. I was just always into the transformation, the monsters when I was a little little kid. So I think thinking back now, being interested in that, I think. Uh, made this idea of transforming people doing makeup just that more, uh, you know, desirable for me to want to do to other people. Awesome. So do you do that type of makeup at all? Like, no, that's the funny thing. Or Um, (laughs) one of my favorite music, I was like really into music videos as a kid. And of course, you know, if you're of a certain age, one of my favorite music videos, of course, Thriller. Thriller. I knew you You were going to say Thriller. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I knew you were going to say that. I was obsessed when I was a kid. So, uh, but it just, you know, when I started, I kind of stumbled into this profession. It's not something I did knowing that it could be a career. It was something that um, I started in the drugstore at a beauty counter. And it was something that I just liked to do. I kind of fell into it naturally. I was very artistic as a kid. So everything made sense to me, colors, uh, texture, mixing, working with people I was fine with. 
So I fell into it. And as you know, time passes and you start freelancing and getting clients and meeting people, you kind of just go with the flow. And the flow for me was just regular makeup applications. I had always done Halloweens here and there. I had done um, a little, I think I did um, a really short course on special effects because I knew I needed to just do smaller effects on commercials and things like that. But I never took it full on because that's just not, that wasn't my path when, when I first kind of got into it. Understand. Understood. So you're in, um, you are a makeup artist yep. in Toronto and you, you kind of already led into that a little bit, but, um, so you didn't, this isn't something you always wanted to do. Like what career path did you think you would take? I didn't have a plan at all. You know, I just knew, um, I wanted to work. I loved working. I wanted to make my own money. So I got a job when I was like 15 turning 16. Cause that here, that's the, that's the age where you can start working. And, um, my mom was in retail management. So I got a job kind of through her. I worked a couple of days as a cashier and like a stock person. And I was looking at these uh, women who are working in the cosmetic section. And I was like, Oh my God, they're beautiful. They smell nice. Their hair looks so good. I just like was so fascinated by these women. And I was really just into makeup. I was kind of drawn to it. And I just did it as a way to have a part-time job that I actually enjoyed doing because I knew I had to work. I wanted to go to university, pay for school, didn't want to take out a loan. So I was just kind of in this hustling mentality very young. Um, I, I just wanted to find something that I could do cause I knew I was going to have to work quite a lot to pay for school and other expenses. So I got into it. Um, I just, it was literally one of those things where it starts going and going and going and I was in school and then I went to university because that's, you know, the path that you go on. I'm have myself and my brother, I'm the oldest of the two of us. And so my parents were like, you know, you're going to go to university, get your degree, and then you can do whatever you want after that, but I just didn't have, there was nothing I was like drawn to. Like I wasn't going into school being like, I'm going to be a teacher. I'm going to be a nurse. I'm going to be, I didn't have that. I was just kind of all over the place. And looking back now, I realize it's because I was more creative and more independent. I didn't really have an idea of how I learned what I enjoy at that young age. And there was no social media really. Mm -hmm. You know, this is like the mid nineties. So I graduated 99, 2000 ish. There's no Instagram telling you, you could be a makeup artist, you can do special effects, you can be uh, an influencer, you can do all, there was none of that at the time. Like we didn't even have, I don't even think we had a computer in our house until I was like in my 20s. So I had no idea uh, that any of this existed. So I didn't have plans to be anything specific. I was just kind of going with the flow. Okay. Well, how did you, how were you introduced to makeup? I know you were working at the counters mm -hmm. and everything in, in retail. Is that how you started applying makeup to other people? Yeah. Um, so you weren't there. Yeah. I just went for it. I was fearless. Like when I look back now, I don't even know what I was thinking. I had no idea what I was doing. I was just fearless. And I was working with a lot of people who, you know, didn't want to deal with the makeup applications and who didn't have time for it. And, you know, it was just, I kind of fell into it and it made sense to me. And I started doing makeup applications on people. And then people would come into the store and say, Hey, can you do my makeup? I'm going out on Friday. Can you do this? Can you do that? And I'm at school. There's talent shows. There's, you know, people are like, Oh, I'm going on a date. Can you help me with my makeup? Can you come over and do this? And I just kind of started that way, but it wasn't in my mind that, Oh my gosh, this is, this is it. This is going to be my job. I just didn't know it was possible. 
you know, like my parents weren't a big fan of me maybe going to an art school and I wouldn't have, you know, brought up the idea of like, Hey, can I go to makeup school? It was just a side hustle. I knew I could make money. I was making money. People were liking what I was doing. So it was just like a feel good thing that I was interested in. And that's, that's how I kind of fell into it. And then the word kind of spreads. You have people now starting to book you for weddings, starting to book you for little events here and there. I got introduced to somebody at one point that I think was maybe a producer or worked in kind of a corporate video situation. And that was my first introduction to work on a set. And I was like, oh, okay, cool. I'll, I'll try it. Like I was not prepared. I just was like so fearless, so unprepared, no clue what I was doing. And that's how it started. Sometimes that's what it takes just to try something new, step out there and just do it. You know, Sometimes yeah. that's what it takes. So what would you say your specialty is? Uh, I do really well. I do really well with skin. I do a lot of skin work. I get hired for a lot of jobs. Um, when the skin has to look good on camera, I work with all different skin tones, all ages. I do a lot of work with quote unquote, I guess, regular people who are going on camera. So if it's good example would be like, let's say it's a video for an insurance company and they're doing some, you know, testimonials. I get booked for a lot of those jobs because of my interpersonal skills and because of my ability to do um, good skin work for camera. Great, great. So what is your favorite part of makeup to do? I love the transformation of it, even though sometimes it's not a full on transformation, like it's not the full beat, it's not, you know, the full smoky eye, the whole thing. I love um, being able to start and finish something in one sitting. Um, and it's creative, even if it's the same makeup I do, you know, five times a week. I love having that, um, having the opportunity to create something, you know, each time that I work, that's probably one of the best parts of the job for me and working with different people and going to different sets all the time. That's, that's nice too. Great. Great. So you have, you are working makeup artists and you're doing makeup consistently and mm -hmm. you have a business that you've built. Um, how, what do you say that contributed to you visit, building a successful makeup artistry business? Oh, this is such a complicated answer because I think you have to look at all of the aspects of your life. And I think everything has to be aligned for you to do this as a profession. I, um, of course, have the support of my family and my husband. And that's very important, both emotionally. And it's also nice with my husband having a more normal job. The, the two of our incomes combined, you know, there is that safety net because financially this can be a huge risk when you're just starting. So there's that whole component of it. Um, you have to be patient. You have to be willing to work through, I think, years of successes and failures. And sometimes it's just being persistent and just hanging on because you'll see people come and go. And if you can maintain that business and you can keep yourself working, sometimes you just got to outlast, you know, the makeup artists that are working in your area because things get tough. Financially, things get tough. You know, things can happen where um, people can't continue supporting themselves because they're not treating it as a business. The work gets too overwhelming. There's not enough of it. It's not what people um, think it is when they get into it. So there's lots of factors where you see people come and go. And sometimes you have to just be able to ride the wave of that. 
I think you have to be able to see what we are doing as a business and not as a fun time on set, you know, just hanging out with your coffee cup, with your glitter water cups. Like it just doesn't go like that. There is that element of it sometimes, but you have to see it as a business and you have to have a very real understanding of the market that you're, that you're in. And I think that also relates to just seeing this as a business. So I think there's so many things that have to line up for you, your finances, your drive, um, also just your skill, right? Like if you're not good at what you do, you're not going to be able to constantly work. People will not call you again. If you can't do people of all skin tones, all ages, if you are not patient, like it's just not going to work out for you. So I think, you know, it's like, you're sacrificing a lot and it's every part of your life that becomes affected. So you need to be prepared and willing to, uh, I think, work through that and have all of those things effective and uh, affected and figure out, uh, you know, if this is what you want. And then again, back to just treating it as a business. Like that's really what it comes down to. You have to look at your revenue. You have to look at how much you're paying for your supplies. How, what's your, you know, what's your cost of living? What are, what are your rates? Like there's just, it's so complex. And, um, part of why I started talking more about the side of the industry and doing Instagram and doing all this YouTube stuff is because it's just like what you're saying. It's a business. This is just like, there's so much to this. It's not just about the perfect eyebrow, the, the highlight, the contour. There's just, it's far bigger than that. It is. It is. I absolutely agree. Um, a lot of people um, are very attracted to this industry because of Instagram and, and YouTube and the glitz and the glam of it. Yeah. And they think, you know, oh, okay, I'm going to be my own boss. I'm going to do makeup and all of these things. Not really realizing that it's a business and not really understanding even how to set their rates or even how to operate as a business. Yeah. Or even having like if you're doing bridal, having contracts and things in place and uh, yes, all of those right, things. Yes. <laughs> right. So how did you like because you came from a um, counter, how did you take the steps and in getting into your own makeup business, learning how to operate in business and doing things like that for yourself? So I went from working retail, which I actually did for, I think I was in retail for somewhere between like 10 and 12 years. It was always my steady uh, side job to pay for school, to pay for expenses. When I, I went to university for just like a general arts degree, when I finished that, I was still going along that path of like, I wasn't in touch with, with what I was good at, what I wanted to do, what I enjoy. So, you know, you get a full-time job you uh move out get your apartment you know you do all of the life things that you have to check off on your list um so i went through that way and i had the opportunity just getting the full-time jobs that i had to uh, be in positions that were just like administrative roles and i would do a little hr a little accounting a little this a little that and my last job that i had for quite a while before i quit to go full-time i was working very closely with four partners of a business and in this business they were basically um, a digital advertising agency so i was very hands-on with what was going on business wise and i was able to really learn about business and learn about accounting and learn about what they're looking at in terms of like financial growth and hr and contracts so i had this exposure and i think in the back of my mind I was still hustling on the side. I was still doing makeup. I was working seven days a week for what felt like all eternity, like at night doing shoots, on the weekend doing weddings. Like this was my life for years and years and years. And I think 
I got to a point where I'm like, all right, if I'm going to do this, I'm the type of person when I do something, I go 100 all in. It's not just about the fun and games of doing makeup. There's going to be more to it. I have to ensure that I can pay my rent. I have no support outside of that. You know, if I live, I live on my own, I pay my own rent. I have to be aware of the numbers. Like there has to be, I was always thinking to myself, like there, I need to look at this as what's the business side of it. So even though I didn't know the particulars of the industry and like how things work, because I stumbled a lot in that area, I just knew that it would still come back to what's my, what's my cost for my kit? How much do I need to make in order to pay my rent, pay my bills? If I want to do this full time, what's the safety net I need to save up? I need to get rid of my credit card debt. Do I have debt from school? Can I go into this career owing? Maybe, maybe not. Like I was looking at that kind of thing. Yeah. And I'm glad you said that, you know, just being transparent, you know, working a full-time job, doing makeup at night, weddings on the weekend. Sometimes oh that's what it takes to be an entrepreneur. You know, yeah, you need everything. sometimes in order to even fund this thing like where you have to build a kit and everything you have to have other income coming in yes other otherwise if you don't all if you if you invest everything into the business and then you're not making any profit then how are you going to pay your bills (laughs) you know like 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 simple like you know what do you need to make how much are you earning i was just financially so fearful for so long because i knew that it was a huge risk for me. And I needed to be sure that if I was going to risk everything and quit the job that I had and, you know, potentially not damage. Um, like I, I've been with my, my husband for, I think it's like 13, 14 years now. And we were together when I was thinking about this. And it's just like, I don't want to put a financial burden on him. He's game for it. And he is my, you know, one of my biggest supporters, but it's just like, I can't rely on another person. I can't rely on my parents, my siblings. Like I don't want to rely. I couldn't because we're just not that way. Um, you know, I come from a very working class family. So there's not just money floating around and, you know, people handing me money here and there. So I was just so um, scared about that, that I wanted to make sure that I was certain financially that I could quit if I wanted to go full time or do this freelance and still have a safety net to be able to support myself, regardless of if I have a partner or not, or if I have family help or not, like I needed to be square. And I think even now still, that's one of my biggest motivators is that I need to be okay to support myself because you, that's, you know, that's what it is when you do this. It's the cost of living for yourself. When you have a spouse, when you have a family, that's a whole other ball game. I don't have children. I didn't have a, you know, I don't have a mortgage at that point. So I'm looking at my finances and I'm thinking, okay, I can get, I have an idea of what my expenses are. If I can save up a few months of expenses, I'm safe. And I can kind of start to really hustle and get out there. But it was that back and forth, you know, when you're at a full-time job and you're like, what do I do? How do I do this? I didn't want to just quit and then start from zero. Like I had to get my finances intact. And that was like, years of working. I don't know how many jobs, always a retail job, full-time job, retail job, freelancing. Like it was years of that. It was from when I was 16 until I was 29, maybe 30. So that whole time I'm just out there hustling, hustling, hustling. And sometimes that's what it takes, especially because makeup it could be a full-time career, but yeah. if you don't really know uh, the types of 
makeup that's needed, uh, people aren't getting married every single day of the week. No. Right? <laughs> you yeah, know what yeah. I mean? <laughs> Like so, if you if you're a bridal makeup artist, then you know most of the, most of the time weddings are on weekends, right? Yeah, yeah. So what do you do the other five days? Yeah, <laughs> you know what I'm yeah. saying? And yeah, then yeah. and then um, also, you know, you may not always have a wedding every single weekend either. So you have to learn the market that you're in and the different mm -hmm. types of makeup. So let's talk about some of the different types of makeup jobs because I know there's like TV, like you said, commercial yep. work. But a lot of times people don't even realize how much work. I had a friend who worked at like an opera in the theater. Yeah. And, and during opera season, she was very busy. So there's a lot of different um, avenues you can take. But a lot of times people don't even know about that. They may just know, right. oh, okay, I'm going to do weddings. Well, how you, it's going to be impossible to really do it full time unless yeah. you're charging thousands of dollars each wedding. Yeah. And you have people <laughs> working weekend, for you, right? And you have clients. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So in terms of the different types, and I think you bring up a good point with the bridal industry, it can be very lucrative, but what people don't understand is that your bridal clients book a year in advance. So mm -hmm. what are you doing in the meantime? And that's if you are good and if you have a book that shows what you can do and if you have bridal shoots. So the bridal industry, although very lucrative, you got to buy into that and make sure that you're looking at your clients and your earnings one to two years in advance. So that's bridal. Um, along the same lines as bridal, there's event stuff. So like your, your, um, you know, your showers and your bachelorettes and your just whatever regular clients going out for an evening, you know, your, uh, just different little things. And that's, I think I, I would put that under the umbrella of like just personal clients. So outside of weddings, there's people that will just pay you. It's like Wednesday, they have a date, they need something done you can go and do that. There's makeup for headshots that you can do. Um, there's a lot of photographers that will package headshots and um, they'll include a makeup artist in that package. So actors or models or whoever can come in. There is model testing. And this is like a little bit of a tricky thing to get into. You need to be networking with photographers. And with that, uh, modeling agencies will send new people to give them experience and get their book going and they'll pay a photographer maybe a stylist, maybe a makeup artist. So there's that. Then you have just your union stuff. And uh, if you're going the union route, I didn't personally go that route. You need to get your permit status to whatever film television union is local to you. And, um, you know, that's a different world altogether. Uh, it's, you can do really well there, but again, you're sacrificing a lot of time. These big uh, shows and movies, you know, three months out of your life, that's your life but that can be regular work for somebody and you can work on set before getting your full union membership. So you can work towards that. I am freelance here. So I'm non-union. So I work on non-union sets and I do, uh, I do beauty campaigns. I do, uh, one of my big clients is the Harlequin romance novel covers. <laughs> They've been like, I love it. Uh, it's just such a funny, funny, you know, it's such a fun job. It's, it's, been very regular uh, for me so there's a head office here and I shoot with them and I've been doing that for years and years and years so that's something you can do a lot of people don't think about things like headshots like book covers uh, a lot of people are do have to do media kits now because they need a photo for Instagram photo for LinkedIn you know all this stuff so there's um, place there's photographers that put together media kits kind of similar to headshots there's just non-union commercials a lot of brands need to advertise online it's not necessarily about the big tv commercials anymore those you know it's all youtube content and other content for social media tons of work i do in that area 
trying to think of what else I do. Beauty campaigns, I think I said. Um, I will, anything that's paying, I'm there. Basically, <laughs> I'm not picky. I'm like, whatever. It's a commercial for, for baby formula. Sign me up. I'm there, you know? So, right, right. Um, I also do a lot of training uh, videos. Like uh, companies do training videos for their employees. I've done tons of those. There's uh, videos that brands do that to circulate internally, banks, insurance. Like there's just so many different things. And because brands and, and other companies now have to produce so much content, they need hair and makeup for that, you know? So you get to do those things as well. Awesome. Awesome. I think that's great. So how do you separate yourself from everyone else in the industry? Um, actually, it's so funny. Someone was talking to me about this the other day. So I think um, there's a couple things that, that I would say I am aware of that I do when I'm working on set. I want to make sure that I'm adding value uh, when I step onto any set. So when I pack my kid up, there's things like I have, I don't know, say I have a regular client and they like a certain type of gum. I bring that gum because I know they like it. Or if I'm on set and there's no wardrobe stylist there and the clothes are not looking good, there's some, you know, cat hair or some dust or something. I've got a lint roller in my kit. I'll go up when I touch up and I'll lint roll the uh, person's clothes. There, I look at each job that I'm on as like, where can I contribute? I don't want to overstep and step on anybody's toes, but I want to make sure I'm helpful there and I am adding value. So yes, they're working, they're booking me as a makeup artist. Yes, I'm going to do a great job of the makeup, but I'm going to be personable. I'm going to be friendly. I'm going to be supportive to the talent that I'm working with. I'm going to have gum for them. I'm going to have mints. I'm going to grab them a water. I'm going to take off dust on their clothes. I want to make sure their, their skin is looking good before they leave. Like just little things I think is important because I think um, a lot of that is missing. There's people that are of the mind of like, this is too beneath me. I don't get paid to do this. I'm not doing that. If you don't have a stylist, you can do it on your, you know, you can, you can deal with that yourself. That energy going into a set for me doesn't work. So when I go in there, I'm like, what can I do to, to just make this thing <laughs> run smoothly so that we can all get out of here on time? Like when I work with children, I have stickers for them and I have little coloring books that I bring. Very inexpensive, get them from the dollar store, no skin off my back and everybody's happy. And you know, uh, clients remember that. So that's how I look at my day-to-day -day jobs. Also in communication, I'm um, try to be as efficient and quick as possible because when you aren't, you lose a job and it's like your client is not your priority. When you take three days to email them back, not going to work these days. So I try to be on top of that. It's just more my approach to uh, the energy that I'm bringing on set, basically. I think that's awesome, you know, just being a team player and adding the value. And um, nowadays it's different because I know, like, I've been on shoots and I'm looking, like, as soon as they take the first shot, I'm looking to make sure everything looks good on camera. Because you know how it is when they do the lighting. Yeah. I'm, you know, hands-on. Um, sometimes, like, if the model, because I've been on so many shoes, so maybe the model may need a little help with loosening up or posing. I might say, we're trying to turn this way a little bit. Or, you know, yeah. Some, because some photographers know how to direct it. Some of them don't. Yeah. So I've been very involved. But then I've I've seen other, like, newer artists where they're just on their phone the whole time. Yes. <laughs> you know? Yes. The broken, yeah, the phone neck. Yeah. So, mm -hmm. exactly. You nailed it. It's just, like. Just look, like, be a team player and go in there and it's like, all right, if the model's having a bad morning, like, 
just give her, give him or her a second and just let them, you know, talk to them a little bit and try not to step on their toes and just set everybody up for success that day. If you're on set and, uh, you know, the client is like, I don't know why this, this model's not smiling. Like we need some smile. I don't know why, why this person doesn't smile. You can step in and while you're touching up the makeup, say, Oh, just, you know, a, little, a few more. I think they want a few more smiles. It's just, like, it's just look out for your people when you're on set. You guys are all working together. You're a crew. That's the great thing about this job. You're supported. You're with like-minded people. We're all out here hustling, freelance, business owners. You know, it's just like when you're on set, this is your community of people. So let's make the day enjoyable and easy. Life is short. We don't need to be on a set for 15 hours if we can get it in eight. Like do anything that you can. And it's just common sense things that you can do. Your person on camera is talking for an hour. Give them a water with a straw in it so they can just have a little sip, not wreck the wardrobe, and, you know, their throat is not dry and they can get their lines out. That's it. It's just like, look at what's going on. It's not about you. It's about the team. And then do your job and move on. Great. So how? let's talk about the trends now. Right. <laughs> the <Yeah>. industry. Ah. <laughs> so how do you feel about the latest trends in makeup so uh for i'm gonna say for us because uh you know back when it used to be uh there's like four times a year there's fashion shows happening the what is going on in fashion is dictating the trends that's where you're pulling the makeup inspiration from is the runways mm -hmm. fast forward to present day the trends are coming weekly. They're coming daily. They're coming from YouTube. They're coming from, I don't know what is happening. I cannot keep track of anything. I, I don't know what is trending, what is not. I, I've become less focused on the beauty trends because some of them are just not applicable to doing this job as a working makeup artist. They may be great if you're out there trying to create content for yourself and you're doing the influencer thing. It's just separate from what we do. So it's hard for me now. And I think it's hard for just my clients too to understand like, is this a trend? Like, is so proud? Is this a trend? Is um, this cut creased? Is this what's trending now? Or is this just on Instagram or YouTube? Like, I think there's a lot of gray area with what is actually a beauty trend for people that are not on social media and what is not. So I don't even know. <laughs> like, every week I go on social and I'm like, oh God. They're like perming their eyebrows straight. They're like gluing them to their, I don't even know what's going on. You know what I mean? Like I never yeah. know. So it's hard for me to, to speak on trends now. And I even have clients that are like, oh, so what are the trends for fall? I'm like, I don't know. Like I'm confused. I don't know what to tell you. Darker colors. I don't know. You know, it's like, I think inspiration is coming from so many different places now and it's not seasonal anymore. It's just like almost weekly. There's new things coming up and new makeup brands and new colors and textures. So the trend thing, oh my gosh, I kind of miss the old days sometimes. It was just so much simpler, you know? Yeah, because I like I would get a lot of people who do not even need contouring, but they think they do. Right. Because they've seen it so many places. I'm like, no, honey, your your face, your structure is good. It's there. You know, yeah, yeah you don't need it. Yeah. And you know, you don't really have to do the cut creases either. You don't need that either. And uh, they're like, no, but the girl on YouTube, or I saw it on Instagram. But yeah. everything that's on there isn't going to necessarily translate for everyday life or look good right. on you. Yeah. And, uh, but it gets confusing sometimes for uh, 
for you know everyday women who want to uh keep up with what's going on because it's like you said it's not like it once was where you know whatever runway show coming out okay these are the new colors for spring these are the new colors now it's just kind of like you know okay we're going to put 50 pounds of this on and you know try to do this then we're going to cut this out then we're going to use a spoon to do this then we're going to look at it and then we're going to put another yeah i think i find myself uh just trying to i'm like interpreting what's going on and i'm trying to adapt it to the job that i'm doing and i think that's more where we as working makeup artists are kind of, that's the space we're working within these days where it's like, I'm seeing a Pinterest board, for example, I know 90% of the photos on this Pinterest board are retouched. I know uh, the makeup is done for camera with heavy, heavy lighting, which is what social media consists of a lot of these days. And I find um, I'm looking at it going like, how can I bring this into reality for, for my client, for what they're shooting? You know, we're not shooting commercials with there's like ring light and this light and this light. And then uh, the camera's, you know, two inches from the eye and like everything is blasted with like, you know, if it's just a commercial or it's a catalog or it's a e-commerce type of shoot, they want maybe a winged liner, but how do I bring it to something that's wearable? Also, how do I execute it? Because we're going to be here for 10 hours and this model's changing clothes 500 times over. So I think it's a lot of awareness of kind of what's trending and then figuring out, okay, I know about this. How do I bring this into real life? How do I translate this for my client, whether it's a bridal client or a client from a company or a clothing line or a beauty brand? Like how It's like you're kind of just playing chess almost, trying to figure out what the next move is. Mm-hmm. Definitely. But I think it's just great. You know what I've learned is to just be true to me. Right. So I'm not going to be for everybody and every nope. job isn't going to be for me. Nope. And that's okay. That is <laughs> you know? fine. That is so fine. And that I think as soon as you can be truer to yourself, what you enjoy and, um, you know, the aesthetic that you like, that's when you start developing your personal style. And that's where people are like, oh, this girl does great skin. Oh, she does great brows. I need this kind of brow in my lookbook for my foundation brand. She does great work or he does great work. Like, you know, these are the type of people that um, when you develop a style, like, you know, Makeup by Mario, you know his style. You know when he does Kim's makeup. Uh, there's so many artists like that that I can name off where it's like, you know, it's their work as soon as you see it. Once you start getting in touch with that part of yourself and what you enjoy doing and, and you know, what you're, what you're good at without trying to do someone else's work. I think that's like one of the keys to um, establishing yourself in the industry. I, I would agree. Now I t- uh, we talked about earlier um, your YouTube channel and um, mm-hmm. I wanted to kind of talk about it a little bit because you decided to go a different route. Like you're not the typical YouTuber influencer. No. Just putting a whole bunch of makeup on. You're talking about what goes in the kit how to pack a kit, how to sanitize. Yeah. Um, I think I think I even see you cover contracts and everything, all of those things. Yeah. And then you show what it looks like to work on a model and the type of products that you use. So what made you decide to go that route and, and share a little bit of that with us? Yeah, it, there, there was, there's two reasons why. So the first reason is that um, I, as an artist, even now, 
I find it really hard to find information on products that I want to use for our jobs. I find it really hard to find an honest review. I don't know what I'm looking at half the time, if it's retouched or not. I don't know how to use certain things. If it's a new product I'm not familiar with, I can't get the real information. And um, just career-wise, I always, I'm very uh, in touch with how I was feeling when I first started and I was grasping for and for any information I could find. I was watching TV. I was trying to look at fashion shows to see what's on the makeup artist table. Like I was always trying to grasp for information. And now uh, with that mindset, if I was somebody, I would look at YouTube and look at social media and it's like, okay, if I want to know, even for me, if I want to know, like, what are people doing for bridal makeup these days? How are people doing their contracts? Are people bringing set bags? What are people bringing in set bags? I cannot find any of that. You know, it's just like product placement after product placement. So I'm like, look, if I want to have a career here and I want to work with good people and have good assistance, maybe I can give back to provide education so that we can maintain some sort of level of decency in this job or else how are people coming into the industry going to know how to properly handle themselves? I know that there's a bunch of us makeup artists in every city in the industry. So if I try to share what I know, that's going to help someone else get into it. And they're going to come into it with the same level of professionalism that I am so that I'm not trying to be out here dealing with people who are undercutting me and just acting a fool on set and doing all this stuff that's just compromising the integrity of, of what we're trying to do here of our job. Because there's a lot of working professionals that want to keep this industry going because it's an amazing industry to be part of. So that's one thing. I just felt like, um, what was on social media was just doing such an injustice to what we do in our jobs. We're business owners. We are creative people. Like there's so much more, there's so much to it. It's not just about product placement and what we use and the beat and the before and after. It's just more than that. So I wanted to do that. Secondly, I look at my own career. I'm almost 40 now. I don't know if this is the actual physical part of this job. This can be forever. I don't see, you know, lugging all this stuff around. I'm like being real, real, real. I, it's not a forever thing, but I need to figure out how I'm going to find my place so that I can ensure that I am working beyond, um, you know, what I can do physically, right? So let's just say I throw my back out in two or three years. What am I going to do? Like, what is here for me? I'm not that good at anything else. But if I can start showing my ability to educate and to share knowledge and I can participate in social media because I don't see it coming back from that, that is another source of revenue for me. And it will give me examples of my work to present to maybe a brand or a school or whatever it is in the future if I physically cannot keep up with the job with this job or if something happens where I lose a bunch of clients and I need to hustle for cash. So it's kind of a doing the social stuff is kind of self-serving in a way because I, you know, I need to make sure that I'm good with my career and I need to stay up to date with what is happening in our industry. And social has completely come through and changed everything for us. But also if I'm going to be doing social, I better like it and it better be helpful for somebody. So that was kind of my idea going into, um, you know, paying more attention to social and creating content. I love that because you know, you're definitely looking at your future, your, your future in the long run, but then you're also reaching back and helping others and teaching. Yeah, and I think that's great that you're yeah, making think, an impact because most people, I don't even think they think of that. They just try to make a name for themselves so they could get so many followers or whatever. And yeah, whatever yeah. it takes to do that. But you're you're 
you're really giving valuable content, stuff that, you know, you could charge for, honestly. <laughs> oh, yes, yes, yes. And it's just like, you know, the, the long term is like I get paid to do more content and I'm getting paid by brands to actually show how their makeup is, is used and how it looks on camera. Like as much as I'm doing, you know, a lot of charitable stuff here and I'm, you know, I'm hoping that I'm giving people good information to get their own careers going. Like I got to make money too. And I got to get my piece of this pie because I deserve it. And other working artists deserve to have, um, to make money in this space, right. Who are not just, you know, sitting doing makeup on themselves, doing makeup for social media. So, um, with, with that being said, you know, I just think, the, the other thing that kind of bothers me is that artists will be like, oh, I can't find a good assistant. Oh, I can't find someone to replace me. Everyone like doesn't know what they're doing, but it's like, you're not reaching out to kind of help educate the people that are coming up under you. So yeah, they're going to undercut you. They're going to do something shady to your client because they sometimes people just don't know any better, right? Mm -hmm. So you, again, back to this idea of like keeping our industry standards at a certain level without educating younger people that are coming into the industry. How can we expect to preserve what we have? Right. What yeah. advice would you give someone who's looking to start out in this industry right now? Oh my gosh. Okay. Uh, this is, this is, I get asked this question a lot. I get DMs about this a lot. And um, as you can tell, I'm sure my personality, I'm very direct. I'm very honest. I try to be as open as possible. It's like, you have to sacrifice it all. If you're going to be in this game, you have to think about Again, think about this as a business. Think about how many parts of your life it's going to affect. It's not just a matter of following your dreams. It's great to do that. It's great to be passionate about your work. Everyone should be able to be passionate about their work and work in a community or environment that empowers them, uh, have something that they enjoy doing, but it's a business. You need to have some sort of financial stability before you even start thinking about picking up a makeup brush. You need to make sure you're not in debt. You need to make sure that if you are in debt, you can manage the payments. You need to make sure that you have a uh, regular income, whether it be a full-time or part-time job as you start to build your business. And you also need time because it takes so long to get into this. And especially now it's very cutthroat. Um, there's so many people doing this. You need to make sure you have that safety net some people don't want to bother working a part-time job. They want to quit. They want to follow their dream. They want to become a makeup artist. They're going to move here and do that. That works for some. We have our Makeup by Mario stories. We have these stories of artists who, you know, um, they work very hard. They get discovered. They're jet-setting all over the world. They're very famous. They have their own brands. But, you know, you can count on one hand how many artists have had that career. So you need to be aware of that. And whatever you're doing, you have to be happy with the good and the bad. It has to be enough for you, I think. I think um, people get in this mindset of like, oh my gosh, well, one day I want to be working on celebrities and everything they're doing is to get that one opportunity to work with a celebrity. That may never come and that's okay. You can enjoy your job just being happy doing makeup day to day. I'm not a celebrity makeup artist myself. Um, am I less? Then another makeup artist who does celebrities, no, we just have different careers. So you have to keep that in mind too. The career you think you might have might not be, or the career you think you want to have might not be what you get. So you really have to find enjoyment and just the, the craft, just the day-to-day -day aspects of the industry too. So I think it's, I don't know. I just think it's like a lot. You have to really sit down and consider a lot about this job because it really does. Um, and I'm sure you can speak to this too. It really does affect every 
portion of your life, your work-life balance, your relationships with your friends, your relationships with your family, your partner, like everything is affected because it requires so much of you to be, you know, support yourself. Yeah, I agree. And everything that glitters isn't gold. And so while mm -hmm. people think they want to work with celebrities, <laughs> yeah. I know people that have worked with celebrities and they're probably not even working as much as you are. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Like they may cash in a paycheck, a really big paycheck once every so often, but they might be only working three times, you know, in, in four months. I don't know what the reality is. It's also very difficult to manage um, that side of things. It's a completely different world. How to manage a celebrity, you know, um, the, a really good example. I watched that Lady Gaga documentary. Um, that's on Netflix and her makeup artist is sitting there with a set bag hanging over her shoulder Lady Gaga's in the doctor's office getting an appointment and she's got to do her makeup in the doctor's office before she wow. goes on It's like think about that for a minute <laughs> In the doctor's office? Yes, like think about that now you're carrying I don't know how many pound kind of bag around with you And you got to be able to do it right on the whim I know it's Lady Gaga and she's gorgeous and she has just like, you know It's a it's very great opportunity for a makeup artist to work with her because she's so makeup focused But like just really think about the pressure of that and is that something that you're gonna be want to be on call for For the rest of your days. Yeah, that's, you know? that's a lot of stress. I don't know I don't know if it's for me for I don't know if <laughs> yeah. I can handle it, you know, I just don't know right but those are you see these little tidbits of things and in the moment it looks so glamorous but i look at it like oh my gosh this woman she is really killing this because she is turning out liquid liner smoky eye in the doctor's office in two minutes like i can't do that right uh, you know like i don't think i i don't think i have the the you know the strength to do that and the patience i don't know so i look at these things and i'm like i don't know if i would want to be away from home for months at a time and fly out just you know i i just don't know um, some people just really strive for that. And, and if you can get to that level, I think that's fantastic and amazing. And I'm sure there's so many amazing things you're going to get to experience. But I also just like, I'm really happy doing what I'm doing. I love to be, I'm on set sometimes and I'm like, wow, there's a huge chunk of people that have no idea what the hell is going on on these sets. Mm -hmm. And it's like pretty incredible the work people are doing and the type of people that you meet. And I get to be somewhere different all the time and I'm meeting people and I'm learning new things. It's just like, there's something very rewarding about that. And I'm creating something yeah. like that to me is great. If, and if you are in a small town, you can do, you can do bridal makeup full time. You can be the best bridal makeup artist in your town. You'll have a great work-life balance, you know, cause it's not happening all the time. Like there's so much good in every aspect of our industry doesn't matter if you make it to Hollywood or you make it to New York. It's like that might not happen. And it's not, it's like winning the lottery sometimes, these types of jobs. I'm glad you said that because sometimes, have you gotten that? Like when you tell people you're a makeup artist and they automatically ask you about yes. celebrity? <laughs> I'm like, like I, I'm like, I'm going to let you down right now. I don't do celebrities. It's just like I live in Toronto. There's not the same. Uh, there's artists who are well-established, very talented artists who cover off the celebrity portion. I'm not in that group of people. I'm okay with it. Uh, some of my friends do work on celebrities. Um, that's their, that's their, you know, special skill. That's what they do. They were, uh, they're really good at their job. They're great with people. They have good agency management. Like there's lots going for them to get them into that role. Uh, when I look at it, Toronto, big city, but small town when it comes to makeup, right? Everybody knows everybody. 
unless these five makeup artists just disappear off the face of the earth, I'm probably not going to get the opportunity to work with certain celebrities, right? So I have to be real about like, like she's gonna, she's not that old, so she's probably going to be working for another 20 years. I don't, think I, I don't think I can get in here. You know, I don't think she's going to get sucked up into the universe. So I'm like, I don't think it's not looking good for me and the celebrities, right? So you got to look at things, I, I think, like that. And, and it's, yeah, it's not, you can have a great career. These things can happen to you. You can have like a great discovery story and get swept off to Hollywood in a second. But I don't know, sometimes you got to like touch base with what's, what's really going on in your market too. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> I absolutely agree with that. So Angie, how do you define success? Oh. I define success. You got some good questions for me today. My goodness. For myself, it's being able to wake up every day to do something that I love to do, to do something that allows me to um, pay my bills, live comfortably. Uh, it's something that allows me to be creative, to manage my own career, my own future. I'm in control of everything that I do. That to me, I feel successful. You know, celebrities or not, big cosmetic contracts or not, big influencer following or not. I get to wake up every day. I get to support myself. I get to do the job that I enjoy doing and I'm happy with that. So that's what it is for me. It's not necessarily a numbers thing. It's not necessarily a followers thing. It's just that when I wake up in the day, I'm like, oh my gosh, look what I get to do today. I don't have to be back at a nine to five job that I don't like. I don't need to work three jobs to support myself. Like that is enough for me, I think. Good stuff, good stuff. Yeah. So I am a bookie. I always, I'm always looking to read something new, learn something new. And mm -hmm. so I always ask people to come on the podcast, like what's your favorite book or current book that you're reading right now? Oh, I just read, um, I just read the Mind Hunter book. Let me get you the author because, um, of course I can't remember it under pressure. Let's see. Did you watch, there's a series on Netflix. Um, with the Witcher and all of that. Is that the one? Yeah. So this is called Mind Hunter and it's about the FBI back in the oh, Mind Hunter. Yeah. yeah. Mind Hunter. Yes. I did watch yes. it. So, um, I just read the book. It's by John Douglas. Oh my gosh. Not for the faint of heart. I don't know why I find myself getting into these. So, you read the book. so my Hunter is the one where the FBI guys interviewed the, uh, yes, serial, killer, the serial right? killer. Yes. Talk about learning. Well, you know, we're working with personalities, right? <laughs> so I don't know. Maybe that's why it's all about, you know, reading personality types and figuring out what information you get, uh, you can get out of them based on their type and, uh, profiling and so that was really interesting to me. It's yeah, like, me and my husband got off into this show. Um, I know I didn't read the book, but yeah, it was it is interesting. It's the book is even more descriptive. So I don't know if you're not into the whole. They go into detail into these cases and how they figured out who did it. It's just uh, to think that before forensics and before DNA that they could um, use the skill of profiling to find zero. To me, it's like. Pretty, pretty interesting. So that's the last book I read. Interesting. Awesome. Awesome. And so what is your favorite tool that you use to operate in business? Ooh, uh, actually, 
right now I use a program called Dubsado. D-U-B-S-A-D-O. Mm -hmm. Yes. I don't even know if that's the way you say it. I think uh, it's, is it the Spado or the, I don't know. It's something like that. Yeah. Something like that. So any, I'm, I'm using that to organize my bridal business and I'm finding it super effective to keep all of my emails organized to make sure I'm getting back to people on time to make sure I'm following up so that I can, uh, you know, make sure I'm not missing anybody. Cause I know with bridal stuff because it's so far in advance. I find for me personally, I didn't have a way to really just organize my stuff, looking at my emails, I would kind of write things down and follow back. So I'm using this uh, as a customer response management software. That's like a tool for me. That's just like a thing that's keeping me organized and keeping me on track with my, my bridal business and my contracts and all that stuff. So right now I'm relying on that heavily to work. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. A friend of mine was telling me about that particular app. So I have heard of it before. It's complicated to learn. And I'm just <laughs> now after having it for like a year and a half, I'm just now figuring it out. Like, Oh my gosh, I had some long nights trying to figure that stuff out. But now that I have kind of got a handle on it and I think I'm going to try to use that more within the rest of my, my business. Cause it's just keeping me organized. Like sometimes I, I can't keep up. I get it. So what are you excited about right now? I am actually, what am I excited about? Makeup artist Lottie is launching a, a new line of makeup. I'm kind of interested to see what she's going to do. Her, her way of doing makeup, her style. I'm, I'm interested in that. I'm not big on a lot of the launches. Um, the last launch I was really excited about was Fenty, but now hers, I think I'm really interested to do where that's going. What else am I? Oh, I'm excited about more drag race. I love watching drag race. I'm obsessed with the, with the whole transformation, the wigs, the color. Like I, I can't get enough. I've been watching it since it started and I just, I need, I need more. Oh, awesome. Awesome. Well, Angie, it has been a pleasure having you on a podcast. I'm definitely going to leave all of your information in the show notes, but tell everybody how they can reach you on social media and everything. Yeah, you can find me on uh, YouTube. My handle is Angie DiBattista. You're going to have to spell that out for everybody. Just find it in the notes. And my Instagram is shorter. It's Angie D-I-B. So A-N-G-I-E D-I-B on Instagram. And those are the two places where you can find me. If you you have any questions for me i do q a's on my instagram every week and i answer questions in my comments on my youtube videos as well so if there's something uh, that you want more information on you can find me there awesome angie d batista everybody yes. Thank you so much angie i Thanks, appreciate you being on the podcast and that's all we have for you today and as always stay great and we are out Thanks for tuning in to the Business Beauty Network podcast. Please subscribe and support our podcast. Please share it. Share it with your friends and family. Also connect with us. We want to hear from you. Leave us comments. Let us know what you're enjoying about the podcast. Also email us at bbnetworkpodcast at gmail.com. You can also connect with me on Instagram at I am Brandy Taylor and at Exquisite Looks. We're also on Facebook and Twitter at Exquisite Looks. And you can check out my website at ExquisiteLooks.com. I really hope to hear from you and connect with you soon. Remember that all things are possible if you only believe. Stay great. <laughs>